Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries. Hi, it's Miranda here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Michael Ryan is formerly the director of the Active Media Group, Australia's number one media channel in premium health clubs. But he's best known for being Hugh Jackman's friend and personal trainer. With a friendship expanding over 25 years, Michael Ryan's expertise in fitness helped completely transform Jackman's body before shooting his blockbuster movie, X-Men Origins, Wolverine back in 2007, and they've been training together ever since. Michael and I have been friends through his wife, Zoe Bingley Pullen, for I would say over 12 or 15 years. He is truly the walking embodiment of everything he talks about. He looks fresh, he is fit, and he is a wealth of knowledge. I convinced Michael to spill the tea on every single training tip and advice that he shared with Hugh Jackman. Through an intense diet, exercise, and lifestyle routine, and a high-intensity muscle-building regime, Ryan transcended Hugh Jackman's through an intense diet, exercise, and lifestyle routine, plus a high-intensity muscle-building regime. It was Michael Ryan that helped Hugh Jackman transform into his famous Wolverine body. From helping Hugh Jackman build his enviable physique, Michael Ryan shares with us the tips and tricks on how you can rejuvenate your body at any age, helping you to achieve an ageless physique and a health and vitality that you can be proud of. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Michael Ryan. This is an exciting day. I am delighted to bring you my friend, Michael Ryan, live from his car. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm actually in a muscle car, can you believe it? It's a 1970s Dodge Challenger with a big orange bonnet on it. So I don't know if that's appropriate or not. (laughs) It's always appropriate. And you, my friend, are a glowing example of men's vitality and health. But more than that, like you are an expert that the best looking blokes in the world go to for uh, fitness and vitality advice. Can you share with our audience your um, background and also your relationship with the poster boy for health and vitality at every age, Hugh Jackman? Yeah, well, uh, look, I started in my uh, teens as a, as a fitness instructor, gym instructor, uh, even aerobics, uh, circuit classes, all those types of things. And I met Hugh basically through the gym I was in. He was he was a towel boy, as we always laugh about it. He came on, he didn't have much money, he wasn't an actor. And he and I just became mates. Um, and he yeah, was always asking me for advice on showing him how to train back then. And through the process, he got the uh, became an actor and he he always made this deal. He said, if ever I made it big as an actor, I'd use you as my trainer. And essentially that's how it happened. And uh, pretty much word for word, the first movie you ever did was Van Helsing back then. And uh, gosh, that seems forever ago now. Uh, and through the process, so yeah, I've got to, 
uh, meet and train some other celebrities as well, uh, being Superman, James Marsden, we have Shriver and a few others. So it's been a great little pro- protest. And you've got, I mean, you've had an incredible uh, business life in, in the fitness industry. You you really have had access to the cutting edge information from around the world, not just by training your celebrity clients, but also being, you know, an educator in the fitness space. Yeah, and it's, uh, look, and again, there's a lot of information online and everything these days, but you've always got to weigh up what's good information and what's bad information. And, and uh, one of the great, things that can be very beneficial There's obviously experience and, and doing and trying so many different and new things all the time, which I'm always about, always bringing about change in the way you train and the way you uh, approach your training programs. Um, so I guess one of the things that um, is really inspirational about Hugh Jackman uh, is that we've seen, you know, the evolution of him as a star, but one of the things that he's most admired about is that he is the epitome of, you know, vitality and energy. And even when he's trained for different roles and his body has changed, the thing that always strikes me about him and the thing that's most often referred to is his silhouette is so strong and healthy and masculine without being overly built up and he doesn't look like, you know, he's uh, roided up or taking uh, anything that's unnatural. And I'd love you to share with us um, his journey because obviously when you met him, he would have been in his 20s and now he's in his 50s. Um, what, What are the things that you've worked with him on in that journey that's kept him ageless? The foundation of all training that I always talk about with him and with other people is, first of all, it's it's two components. It's cardio and it's strength training, and they both complement and work together. And then obviously on top of that, you've got diet. Which, But let's just talk about the training factor, first of all. The cardio is just like starting an engine up in a car and getting your temperature up to operating temperature. It's extremely important. And when I say up to operating temperature, understanding what your submaximal heart rate is, uh, it's roughly 220 minus your age and 80% of that figure. And for him, it's you know, hitting above about 150 beats per minute. And every part of our cardio session, at some point, whether it's uh, for a short period or a duration of that period, he's hitting that number. So it's like warming up your car engine. So that's for your heart and lungs. And then on top of that, then we have what we call the strength component, which is obviously for your, for your muscles and joints. And both the two equally is important to each other and complement each other. And I find a lot of the time, People uh, tend to get fixated on one and not the other, and uh, and it's about a combination of both that we find gives you the best results for all round health. So if you're you know if you are a Hugh Jackman and you're training for a role and the role requires you to bulk up, what what would be the change in your training combo that would give him that effect but still keep him fit and healthy and cardiovascular, um, you know, in tip top shape. Well, muscle growth is caused when you basically take a muscle to uh, what we call momentary muscle, muscular failure. So it's really taking it to a point when you cannot lift any more on that specific weight at that specific time. A lot of people get trapped in the number eight to 10 reps. And and uh, often that's a mindset problem that uh, actually stops that person really reaching that fatigue. Um, when you have the luxury of working with a trainer, we can do what's called forced reps and other things. So it's about uh, taking the muscles to that level, which causes hypertrophy, which is obviously then gets you the results you are looking for, albeit 
uh, not without having a corrected diet it's associated with that. So it's extremely important to have a, the right diet association with it at the same time. Okay, so we're talking about a celebrity who's got a trainer like you, probably a dietitian, a chef. What would an ordinary, you know, guy, how often should he be training if he's poster boy? Like women do this all the time. We we become fixated on a supermodel or an actress or uh, an Instagram star or someone that we, you know, uh, admire, amuse. But for a man who considers Hugh Jackman to be the epitome of physical fitness and, you know, attractiveness, how often would an ordinary bloke have to train to and how long would it take to go from being, you know, an average dad bod to a Hugh Jackman? Look, look, we always talk about the period of three months to bring about significant change. But after three or four, five and six, you're, you're getting change after your first week where you really notice significant changes somewhere between four and six weeks, we find. Um, you know, uh, the thing that with Hugh is he, he's still, he basically works out about four times a week these days um, uh, with a high intensity combination of cardio and and uh, strength training. Uh, but let's... Uh, Let's not forget when he's in a movie. Yeah, it's it's more intense than that. We're going harder than that. We're doing double sessions. Um, you've got to be very careful of overtraining and understanding what you're doing when you train. In terms of diet, he doesn't have a specific nutritionist, but you know we've employed the some of the benefits that my wife Zoe has uh, taught him over the years. You know, uh, to great effect. Um, it's basically eating a lower carbohydrate, high protein, um, low fat style of diet. Replacing all fluids with uh, water is one of the keys that we always talk about with diet. It's the one simple thing if you want to get results is replace all fluids with water and start drinking more water and you'll be amazed at what difference you get. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about. What are some of the biohacking things that you would have alongside the training? Because biohacking and all of this um, longevity and vitality stuff started in the fitness industry. So I'm sure that you have some incredible things around sleep and, um, you know, when you train, how often you train, and um, some of the recovery modalities that you recommend to Hugh and your other clients. What are some of the things that are really important that most people don't understand is part of achieving that kind of a look? Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it there. You look, um, one of the big things we talk about is sleep. You know, you really need to understand the, the, the right amount of sleep and being consistent on your sleep patterns. We like to train early in the morning, like I'm talking somewhere between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. Look, that's not the optimal time for a body to train. It's a circadian rhythm as such that it's probably around 2.30 in the afternoon. But for consistency, and consistency is what gets results, we find that there's no excuses in the morning. One of the key things we always talk about is beating the alarm clock. Beating the alarm clock is a good sign that your body's in in the right um right mental state uh, to take on the day. So it's just a bit of a game that you play. It's about beating, set the alarm clock, and your aim is to beat it without start, without it going off. Um, we're very big on training first thing in the morning because, you know, obviously that won't, uh, there won't be very little things that can impact your day to stop you actually training. But consistency and variety is what gives results. Uh, and that's ultimately what we, and, and obviously intensity as well, consistency, variety, and intensity. And they're the key things we work on. With diet, it's not complicated. It isn't like I said, you know, you talked about biohacks, but if you just simply focus on replacing off fluids with water, um, you know, maybe down to one coffee a day might be the only thing outside of that. I don't personally drink coffee, but I know he does. Um, uh, you know, that would be one thing that could be very beneficial. 
And what about recovery? Do you um, do anything like the cryotherapy or saunas or um, ice baths or anything like that? Is that part of your training routine when you're working really intensely, say you're getting him ready for a big physical role and you're doing that mega training? What are some of those types of things that you do to, to keep the training consistent and injury free? Yeah, one, well, one of the things we're very big on is what we call sauna swim sauna. Uh, we, we train a lot down at Bondi Beach down here in Sydney, and we get a sauna up to about you know close to 100 degrees and run straight into the water and, and the transition into the water. It's not like an ice bath version. Um, and then we have swims and then back in the sauna and back in the uh, water again. And we find that's very, very, very beneficial to, to uh, helping recovery, stimulation, mindset, all those other things. Um, but rest, sleep, consistent sleep is, is the main thing to get recovery. You know, it's, it's understanding, you know, six hours is probably too much, too little. If you are on a, um, a hard weight training program, seven hours is probably pushing it somewhere between seven and eight is probably the most realistic amount of time for great recovery. So getting consistent sleep patterns, as I said, is probably the strength, the strength to maintaining that. You know, one of the things that I've learned in my own fitness journey, I was the world's worst exercise. I never did any until I was like in my mid-40s, is that variety definitely makes a big difference to compliance. Do you yeah. find that you have to kind of like change things up and where you train, how you train, what you train? Yeah, it's 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 uh, one of the key things. Your body adapts to to what you do, no matter what it is. And so, having varieties is key to getting results. And variety is in the amount of weight you're lifting, in the reps you're lifting, in the style that you're lifting, in the combinations you're lifting. It's always evolving and changing. Um, I always talk about if you're not um, measuring it, you're not managing it. So you should either be writing down or have uh, putting it in your phone, and you should know what your numbers are. You know, you don't get on a, for instance, a cardio piece of equipment and not understand what wattage you're riding at, what duration you've ridden at, what your heart rate went to. They're really important for you to understand. Um, and it, it, it helps maintain consistency is when you know what your numbers are because you're constantly trying to either, you don't, you don't try and beat them on every single session. You know, it's, it's like building up to it, to a, to a uh, I suppose, 100-metre sprinter. You do all types of effects to get you to the, the point where you run that race. So every day is not about, absolutely smashing the best number out of the park. It's just about consistently changing what you do and picking the days where you really might go for it. And what happens on the days where you just, you know, you you front up, they need to do training, whether it's Hugh Jackman or one of your other clients, and they really just don't want to. What do you do to push through those days? Oh, I think it's just uh, I tend to find building from a small base on those points at times. Lowering the expectation is often a really great way to get those res- uh, the results there. So, so start from a smaller base. Don't put the expectation to jump too high. Um, and you find that as soon as your body starts to get into it, you'll be amazed how your mindset changes and everything else changes with it. So, you know, I'd like to segue into ordinary men uh, and Probably let's talk about men in their middle age, you know, uh, in in from 45 to 55. And you see a lot of uh, men suddenly embark on these, you know, uh, hectic fitness routines, whether they've had a change of life or a midlife crisis or, you know, they uh, for whatever reason, something's happened in their career and that, you know, health and wellness becomes a priority. Mm. Is it dangerous to deep dive, when, you know, for a man? who perhaps hasn't isn't at his fit 
fittest peak? Is it dangerous for them to deep dive into, you know, a, a, a hectic routine, whether it be, you know, going to the gym four times a week or joining one of those group uh, classes and uh, gyms? Uh, what What would you recommend is a more well, we, we always we always say you know have your have your proper checks first of all the amount of checks you can do on heart lungs blood tests these days before you embark on an exercise routine if you haven't done anything and you're starting in your mid 40s or whatever it is absolutely have the proper health checks before you go and embark on it you know but then from that point it's just a case of slowly building up you know i find that someone who hasn't trained before uh their mental side of what they can actually do is is far below what they're actually what it probably can do so it's unlikely that they're going to push it to that extreme too easily your body sort of has mechanisms to stop you doing that but i'm all about just get your health checks know your numbers um and build up from there uh you know one of the big things i've always been big on is never deviating without within 10 percent of your weight barrier so if you're 80 kilos you know try not to get ever above 88 kilos for instance is, is the number yeah, and vice versa on the downside stay within that range of consistency um it's all about consistency it's a the race is long i suppose as they would say but um it's not just a short sprint and what about um, hormones? Do you know we we hear about women and perimenopause, and I've spoken to Zoe a lot about this. But do men have you know hormonal fluctuations and dips around this time that affect their body, where they store fat, how how quickly or slowly they build muscle or lose um, areas of you know stubborn fat spots? Absolutely. You know, there's obviously changes in testosterone levels and all the other hormones in the body. And yes, they're storing fat and, and, uh, and bone density is, is it start, can become a problem and muscular uh, um, atrophy becomes a problem. But, but again, if you, uh, uh, your muscles don't know your age, you, if you're pushing yourself in the same way, they, uh, in terms of consistency, uh, you find you can uh, drastically slow down any negative effects of age. And I've turned 52 now, Hugh's 52 as well. And I firmly believe that consistency uh, over the years, I've never stopped since I was 18 exercising for a period longer than maybe a week when I had a, a hernia operation, believe it or not. But um, And Hugh's pretty consistent ever since we started back then too. He's, he's never had a period where he stops um, for any period of time. Right now he's dancing for a show on Broadway, um, but he's also always doing his strength training components and other things like that. Uh, and going back to consistency and variety, what are some quick wins for, say, you know, uh, a person who used to maybe be an athlete in his uh, teens and 20s, has let himself go because of life and uh, getting busy and um, and he's wanting to re-enter and their first kind of priority is to lose fat and then their second priority is to you know build a stronger leaner uh body uh and then maybe their final priority is to build muscle mass what would be a good kind of you were saying a three to six month is is where you get to see the results what what could be a good kind of um protocol that they could start with middle and finish with to kind of go in that path Look, look, you know, the basic program I always start with is 20 minutes of cardio as my warm-up no matter what. When I say my warm-up, it's a warm-up and it's an intensity uh, and it's always different. It's always either on a bike, it might be on a treadmill, it might be on a rower, it might be on a stand-up rower, it might be on a on – a, and it's and it's different. Sometimes it's the slow build, uh, starting at a low rate, getting up there till I'm only hitting the, maybe the 150-plus beats per minute in the last two minutes. Sometimes 
I get on a sprint from the start. Other times it's interval-based. Um, otherwise, it's uh, five minutes on, five minutes off. It's always changing, but it's the fundamentals of how we work. Then then from there, I always find one of the things that, that we haven't discussed yet is, uh, is, is mobility. Um, as we get older, we stiffen up. We start to become, and it's not just stretching, it's how mobile you are. You know, some of the best exercises for, for mobility is the squat and the squat where you, uh, you know, you look at a child when they, when they drop something on the floor and they squat down to their haunches and we forget and tighten up in our bodies as we get older to the point where we just flex from the hips to pick up a piece of paper on the floor and uh, you wonder why you're pulling hamstrings and everything else and you start to get tighter and tighter and tighter and you start walking as stiff as anything. So choosing exercises that encourage mobility are really important. Um yeah, and like I said, there's uh, there's very little that, that can compete with the squat to the full, fullest uh, fullest uh, uh, depth that you can go to. But again, you need to be careful and have good instruction, have good technique on how to do that properly. Um, you can start with with uh, like a goblet squat holding a uh, a um, kettlebell, but going all the way up to a back squat where you're adding what's um, uh, Olympic plates onto that as well. Uh, so I, I'm all about big movements that that uh, work big muscle groups. Uh, but I'm, don't get me wrong, traditional training techniques with the, uh, as much as functional training is important, uh, big movements like your bench press and your other movements uh, that, uh, that are uh, sagittal-based, I'm still a big fan of those as well, but it just always gets back to variety and it's always changing it up. It's always, uh, you know, I often find the difference between doing eight, nine reps on a heavy weight or nine and 10 reps, you know, is a lot, but the difference between doing 25 and 26 when you're at that point, it's almost insurmountable. It's actually almost say, almost mentally harder at that point. I, I wouldn't say it's not, but they're just just as challenging as what I'm trying to say. Um, let's talk about um, the silhouette. Um, I mean, you look phenomenal. I, I actually had no idea you were 52. You, uh, you look phenomenal and <laughs> you certainly don't have a dad bod, which is, you know, if you, <laughs> you do the uh, loop around where we live, you, you see, you know, a, a lot of once were warriors who are now mm. like, they, they look like um, a, a, a former shadow of their former selves. What are some of the things that you think are youth markers in a man in his physique? And what are some of the things that specifically you can do to regain things like posture, uh, a slim waist, uh, a flatter tummy, strong arms? You know, and, and essentially it's, you've got to understand your body fat, your composition. So, you know, one of the things I use regularly with, with you is a DEXA scan. Uh, it measures subcutaneous fat as well. You've got, you know, you've got someone who might have like skinny arms and skinny legs, but you, around their stomach. So all around their internal organs, they're holding a lot of fat. And that's actually the dangerous fat that you really need to. And, and, and you see a lot of guys and they see in the mirror, their arms still look good, but that, that podgy stomach, and that's where that fat's building up. And again, it gets back to knowing your numbers, your diet, um, and it's one thing I would very much recommend anyone who, who feels that happening and you can see it straight away when your stomach's starting to push out, when you're losing that six pack and you make an excuse for the fact that you're a little bit older, there should be no excuse. So I think you look at Greg Norman on a lot of his shots that he loves posting, uh, of, um, you know, still presenting a six pack at, uh, late sixties. I think it is, there is no reason in the world why, why, uh, that shouldn't be the norm. And it is, it's a, just about getting that balance right of, of food and exercise. And it, it's, it is important to acknowledge that food has a massive role, no matter how hard you train and how much cardio and weights that I've just discussed before. If you don't nail that, that the food side of things, it doesn't work. 
And what about supplements? Do you recommend your clients take supplements while they're training? My, my wife's very, very big on the supplementation. Um, uh, to be honest, it's not that I'm not big on it. I just uh, very much like to to achieve it through uh, eating the right foods. Um, so, uh, look, I, I'm not the one to tell you what um, I think works as supplementation. Uh, what do you take? Well, no, the only thing I'll take is some protein powder. So I predominantly have that straight after training. Um, and I'll occasionally take a pre-workout uh, powder because I don't drink coffee. Uh, it's a synthetic coffee, essentially, and I do find I wouldn't suggest those as a you know they're, they're, they're you know I, I do take them being upfront with you, but uh, but they're, they're not saying I say yeah you should you should you should do that. A lot of people just take a cup of coffee before they train. To be honest, I hear that happen on a regular basis. A lot of people need a cup of coffee as soon as they get out of bed. I try and I get people um, more in tune with having uh, first thing I do as soon as I walk up is wake up as I scoop ten scoops of water from the tap into my body. Because I know that's flushing out. Your body's been detoxifying for eight hours, seven hours overnight. You've got to flush it out. So the one thing I always say after beating the alarm clock is go to the bathroom. Even if you don't have a glass there, scoop 10 scoops of water straight into your body as quickly as you can as soon as you wake up. Flush your body as soon as you get there. So, you know, so, so yeah, that's pretty much it for me with the supplementations. I, I tend to have some protein powder and that's about it. Um, I want to go back to what you mentioned about testosterone. Um, and I guess, you know, that middle age, exactly the same with women. You have the estrogen levels fluctuating and dropping. And with men, testosterone is the big uh, hormone that they uh, see a drop in. Are there exercises that you can do that will boost or level out testosterone and also kind of give you back that virility, sex drive, um, and, and energy that testosterone delivers on? Well, there's there's no specific exercise, but exercise in general will achieve that. You know, when you are lifting weights, that's one of the big benefits of weightlifting and weightlifting to what we call momentary muscular failure is, is that it, it stimulates the potential growth of, of testosterone. But again, it's one of those things that you potentially, you know, it's so easy to have the testosterone test and, and see where your markers are. And understand that because obviously it drastically affects all those things that you mentioned, including mood and other things. And you should be aware of them. And and uh, you know, there's, there's there's obviously treatments if people have low testosterone levels. But in your mid forties, you should absolutely know where they're at sitting at. That's yeah. I mean, women have those conversations. But I'm wondering, is it your trainer that tells you to do that? Is it your doctor that tells you to do that? You know, it's is it a common conversation amongst men? It should be a common conversation. It's one that, uh, and doctors should bring it up with with anyone uh, that they speak that they speak on that level to. So it's um, so yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, as a trainer, yes, absolutely. You know, most trainers would be saying to them to if they had a middle aged uh, male uh, to do those things that I've mentioned in this conversation because they're absolutely important to know to do. You know, um, you know, there's. It's, uh, what they can do with your heart these days to understand where it's at with testosterone levels, uh, all indicators for prostate issues and other things, they're all there. And it's not easy. It's not, it's not difficult to understand where your body's at. And um, let's talk about um, our favourite Australian man, Hugh Jackman again. So we, we find ourselves in lockdown at the moment. I know that uh, he's in town and you'll be working with him. Are there some exercises that you give him to do while he is in lockdown if you can't be training with him or when he's, you know, travelling around the world doing a movie launch and th there's not a lot of time for training but he might be in a hotel room or um, have limited access 
uh, but you consider these essential exercises that anyone can do and they're amazingly beneficial. Oh, look, it just gets back to, you know, like I said before, you can do a squat in a bedroom uh, wherever you are. It's probably the biggest um, engagement of muscles in one movement that you can do and you can pick up a small object and hold it in front of you. It's the one thing that you do if you're in a hotel room. Obviously, you can do all the other things from presses and dips and other things, but Hughes often carries around the bands. The elastic bands are extremely useful these days, the way that they've got them in different weights and and tensions and handles and other things. There's so much you can do, um, you know, hanging them on doors and other things and straps like that. Uh, So they're extremely beneficial too. But uh, So what would you have him do? What, sorry? What would you have him do with the bands? Oh, there's a whole range. It's hard to talk you through those here, but you, can, you can do everything from squats and presses with them um, to, to to back movements, rotator, uh, if you've got rotator issues, um, all those types of things. He can do all of those. Uh, he's very, very big on rowing. Um, I like rowing too, don't get me wrong, but he's um, he can post some pretty serious times in the row. And again, if you think about rowing, engages that many muscle groups in the one movement, and I'm very, very big on those things. Um just like when we do interval training, we do them on the assault bikes. If you've ever tried an assault bike, that's the one with the windmill fan at the front of the bike and you've got the handles that push forwards and backwards. You know, you do a, you do a 10, 15, uh, or 15 second sprint on those above 600 watts and you, you are really heaving for air at the end of them. So it's um, they're, they're a few of the things that we do do. Now, it would be remiss of me to finish this podcast without turning my attention to your latest business venture, which is Everyday Healthy Pet, which is an extraordinary business. And I love that you and Zoe have taken your fitness background and your nutritionist background and combined it to deliver something that's beneficial for pets. Can you tell me a little bit about that business and and why you felt the need to enter this space? Yeah, it's called Healthy Everyday Pets. And again, we've had, uh, Zoe and I have had uh, dogs, golden retrievers over the years. We've got two cats now. And we looked at the market and, in um, you know, let's be honest, dry dog food and cat food, it's processed food. It's not the ultimate thing you should feed your dog or your cat. But just like humans, it's, it's something that most people have in the cupboard for convenience. So we wanted to create uh, the best uh, quality dry dog and cat food on the market. And we achieved that. We were have been reviewed recently by Pet Food Reviews and received a 9.5 out of 10 and a 9.2 for our cat, uh, for our dog. Um, but then we've also started a treat range as well. Um, we've actually uh, purchased a, a manufacturing business that does air-dried treats over three days. Well, these are pretty pure. These are um, everything from kangaroo and um, beef liver and other things. It's a, a three-day air-dried process. Uh, really, really great products. So we're really enjoying that venture and it's uh, you're right it sort of crosses over in terms of health and fitness in human beings to animals uh but have a look at it at healthyeverydaypets.com.au i will i give it to gatsby you were kind enough to gift our little fatty caddy who's now on a diet and um and you know i've known and been friends with zoe for a long time i she put me on a diet while i was pregnant i use her cookbooks all the time so for me you two are the ultimate combo of experts and i'm so delighted to have had the opportunity to speak with you the last thing i'll i'll ask you uh to wrap it up is you know sure. as 
And so you're, you're 52, uh, Hugh's 52. What do you think right. are the appropriate kind of for the next decade? Will you be making any changes to your fitness routine, to the way you train, Hugh? Are there things that you are going to introduce or uh, or pull out of in your training routines? No, to be honest, the, the training will pretty much con- uh, consist of the same types of variety. You know, the one things we, we introduced many years ago was introducing some functional style movement into our training uh, to, 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 you know, to getting away from the traditional just single movement. But we still do all of that. The fundamentals will stay the same. We'll still continue to try and push ourselves to the same levels um, and maintain the mobility. That's the key thing. Not become stiff like cardboard so that we so that that limits and, and then uh, will in promote potential injury uh, when you when you lose your mobility and flexibility. So, no, fundamentally it won't. It'd be staying the same. I love it. Okay, well, you've inspired a nation of husbands, boyfriends, brothers <laughs> and best friends. Thank you so much for being Happy on to help out, uh-huh. It was so Thanks good to thank you. So no good to thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Bahar Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind the scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters, all for free. 